Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Home. They say it's where the heart is. They also say it's wherever you make it. They don't say it's where you unload your stuff, get tired halfway through unpacking, use some boxes as furniture, realize your oven mitts in a box that doubles as a nightstand, don't want to buy a new nightstand, and use a towel as an oven mitt instead. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than grabbing a piping hot pan with a towel that's a bit too thin and trying to quickly get it to the counter. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. Fantasy Live, Dynasty Edition, specifically the Draft Debrief Edition today. So much happened over the past couple of days, and we're here to tackle it all for you, talk about some fantasy-relevant stuff, and really start to dive into what this season is going to look like. But speaking of looking like, some things have changed here. We're missing the commish, and we're missing Justin. So Justin and the commish are uh, going to be stepping away from this show for the time to be uh, focusing on some other stuff on there on some other shows and some writing as the season picks up so uh, i am here with you still we still have mr kevin wilson to my right how are you doing kevin how are you feeling i am doing outstanding andrew and uh you know we're not gonna miss those guys we're just gonna hit the (laughs) ground running and uh we're gonna bring on the power here today that's my prediction you're gonna start a show rivalry here if you're saying stuff like that day one And then, that's all, that's okay. We can rival. That's fine. It's all fun. And then we got a, a new face down here below me, Mr. Chase Thornton, joining the show for the for- first time. How are you today, Chase? Getting by. I'm feeling a lot better after the second round the Packers had. So, you know, at first night I wasn't feeling so hot, but, you know, like everybody else, I was waiting for him to pick somebody up to throw to. <laughs> now they got it. So I'm feeling better now. I'm recovering from the 
party festivities for my two and four year old yesterday. So ready to do this. Actually start talking about some football. That does need recovery from a from a party like that. That's for sure. Yeah. Let's say I love the background too. It looks like you're sitting like at a legitimate bar. Yeah, you're bringing it, man. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, this is the uh, this is the Martin Bailey Basement Bar. This is this is my home bar. This has been our project for about the last two years. So it looks like my yeah. kind of place. Nice, classy look. I love it. That way, if I gotta hit it up quick, I can within reach, within can, quick reach. Around the sorrows, so, the upcoming right. sorrows of the fantasy season. I Absolutely. That. So, Chase, where where are you broadcasting from? Northwest Wisconsin. Northwest Wisconsin. We've yeah. been up there one time, so if we ever reach there again, we're gonna have to check this out. Yeah, we're I'm about an hour north of Eau Claire, so Okay. Yep, yep, about an hour north of there, hour hour and a half south of Duluth. It's not a it's not a bad location in terms of getting anywhere to do anything. It's just there's not a whole lot here to do. <laughs> unless you know unless you're yep. hunting and trapping. So <laughs> Well, if you make it up there, Kevin, you're gonna have to do a bar review for us. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, how far is that from uh, Lake Geneva? Oh, from Lake Geneva? Yeah. Ooh, it's probably a good four, four and a half from Lake Geneva. Okay. Yeah, that's... Lake Geneva is uh, Lake Geneva's down by the Illinois border. Correct. And I'm like an hour and a half from the cities or so, from the Twin Cities or so. So. Okay. Okay. Yep. So, so what I'm hearing is no bar review after all. Yeah, hopes are up and hopes are down. Well, we'll shovel you back and forth. That's all right. Make that drive a lot. Well, we'll jump right into it here because we got so much to talk about today. And we're gonna what we're gonna do is we're gonna start in on some of the trades of the guys who are already in the NFL. Your AJ Browns, your Hollywood Browns. We're gonna talk about uh, you know the fantasy impact of some of the other guys around us. So I want to jump right into AJ Brown here because that was a, a big move for Philly to fill a need for them to to bring him in. Um, and I've seen a lot of mixed mixed reviews on how it affects Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith. And, I mean, the way I look at it, it's, it's another weapon. I don't see how it's a negative for, for really anybody on that that Philly team. But what say you, Kevin? Well, the key, of course, is that uh, J.A. Brown has to be uh, healthy, which I believe he will be. Mm-hmm. And if that being the case, then defenses are going to have to cover him which I think is going to help Devota Smith over there. And for sure, this puts Jalen Hurts on the spot. Kind of like Tua down there in Miami. He's got the weapons now. And so they're saying, okay, we believe in you. Now it's time to go out and do it. And so if he can't do it with J.A. Brown as, as, a, as, a, as a wide receiver, then it probably can't be done. So I think that it, it – this is a boost. Maybe not so much boost for Brown personally, because you know he he had a perfect setup in Tennessee. But I think this is going to work out for for Hertz, and I think it's going to work out especially for Smith because now he's going to have single coverage over there. So I, I I like that for both of those guys. Yeah, the other one I found interesting was that people were saying that they're now lowering the ranking of Dallas Goddard and whatnot, and that one also that's crazy. So, uh, well, exactly. And what, so the, the, what I saw as a trend for this year's draft, it seemed, was that any time a, a team took a skilled player, everybody was immediately crying and lowering the value of the other skilled players on that team. And it, 
everyone seems to be forgetting about complimentary football and how some guy's t- style of play is just going to make the other guy even more open or just be able to play a more natural role for them. So I don't see it affecting Goddard at all. I don't see it really affecting anybody in that receiving core. If anything, it, like I said, I think it allows Devontae Smith to to play a more natural role instead because now A.J. Brown can be your deep post guy or your stretcher down the field. What, what's that, what do you say, Chase? Well, that's that's what I thought when I looked at it. I, I, yeah, like you said, everybody says, "Oh, well, they got this guy, so now their guy that's been their number one or their running back necessarily has to be dropping." I said, you know, I looked at it, and like you said, with Goddard, Goddard is still a top five tight end talent. He no longer has to uh, fight with Zach Ertz for for targets. Mm-hmm. If you give Goddard Ertz's targets from last year, he's a top five tight end. He's a top five talent. Uh, those targets for the tight end aren't going anywhere in their offense. They're just not. Um, you know, Hertz isn't going to want. He's going to run. Want to run around? He's going to want to throw underneath. Goddard is going to be fine. Uh, he's already got that rapport with Devontae Smith. They played together in college. They started growing together last year. Both his first time starters. Uh, you know, if if you look at it historically too, Brown had about a 20 percent target share last year. And yeah, he was hurt, but when he played, he had about a 20% target share, 19-20. Smith had a 21% target share last year for them. Uh, Brown is coming from an offense that was run first, which is what Philadelphia morphed into over the course of the year because they just didn't have the receiving talent to throw as much mm-hmm. as I think Sirianni wants them. But, uh, you know, Brown's coming from an offense where he had about a 20% target share. Whoever was playing his number two had about a 20% target share. And his tight end position had about a 20% target share. And then they spread the rest with, you know, fans and the sideline and everybody else that was in the stadium. But he's going to a place now where, again, there's another receiver that can take 20% of the targets. There's another uh, tight end that's going to be taking about 20% of the targets. Out of those 60%, you're telling me they weren't, they're not going to give a third of them to the best player hands down on their in their receiver room? I, I just don't see it. I don't think it's as big a downgrade for Brown as some people think it's going to be. Uh, I think yeah. that he, you know, I think that he comes in and is is their top dog. Now, it doesn't mean that, and, and I don't think that that hurts Smith's production because if anything, it's going to not, and people won't be able to key on Smith to take care of all these other guys, these the Arcega Whitesides and Ragers of the world, and the Rager experiment is over. But yeah, yeah, it has to be. It has to be. Worse. But <laughs> I, just, yeah, I, I think it's a good move for Philly. I think it's an okay move for Brown. I think he probably, he's probably a tight or a wide wide receiver, too high, too low one right now. Mm-hmm. Until we see otherwise, I think you were probably looking at uh, Devonte Smith as a three anyway, and I think he stays yeah. a three for now until yeah, because yeah, we so part of it is definitely. I think what hinges Smith's and Brown's value is definitely seeing what Hertz is going to be able to do. Now, like you said, they morphed into a run first team, but they didn't really have, they still didn't even have the weapons to really do that because uh, they didn't have that power back. You know, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, Scott and Howard, like sure. Howard was the closest thing they had to a power back, but he's not the Howard of old. Um, He is old. Uh, (laughs) So it's like, I, I'm personally shocked. They, they didn't, take a running back that could have filled that first and second down role for them to be able to let Miles Sanders slide into a more, you know, pass catching role where I think he excels. 
Uh, but as far as Brown goes, so because of that, I think they are going to go back to the pass game more. So like you said, I completely agree with your target shares and uh, the ratio of them being passed around. Um, and, yeah, I think Devontae Smith, like you said, now the coverage is going to have to slide over to Brown more. He's going to get more one-on-one coverage, which is going to play to his strength of being able to make his quick moves um, yep. and, and find and find the holes that are in between his cornerback and his linebackers and be able to, to hit the spot quick. And it's just going to come down to whether Hurts can hit him on the right time. Yeah, Smith doesn't have to – Smith won't have to be contesting his catches as much as he exactly. was last year. A.J. Brown can be the one to contest catches because he's eight and a half feet tall, and Smith can <laughs> Smith can just get open now. Yeah, Smith exactly. can separate, catch it, and go and do what he does best. Exactly. So then on the other side of this, though, so on the Tennessee side, uh, you know, someone who they got Robert Woods now all of a sudden jumped right back into a – uh, what we thought was a wide receiver one role, but now they bring in Traylon Burks there as well, who is going to be the perceived uh, top dog wide receiver there, uh, especially with Woods coming off the injury. Uh, Tennessee gets really interesting now because, like we said, they are run first, which a lot of Robert Woods' success in um, in L.A. was that they were definitely pass first over there. So it was a lot of, a lot of attempts, a lot of opportunities and, and targets. I'm not sure he's going to see much of the same, especially dropping down to a guy like Ryan Tannehill throwing him the ball. Not loving the outlook of of Woods here in Tennessee now. Uh, well, we can go to you, uh, Kevin, this time first. Well, we went first last time, but Kevin, what do you what do you think about Robert Woods? Well, I personally like Robert Woods a lot, and uh, I had him on my team last year, and of course, unfortunately, he got hurt. And there's a lot of if <laughs> scenarios in all of this. That this whole show was about ifs. And so if he's healthy, I really think that he's going to step in over there. I'm not buying that the rookie is going to step in and be the number one wide receiver. I'm not buying that. I like not right, not right away. Not, if Robert Woods is healthy, he is the top dog in Tennessee to me. And Brian um, uh, Tannehill is a, is, is a little bit of a downgrade as a quarterback, but it's not like he went off the cliff. Right. And uh, even though Tennessee is going to be run first, we know that. It's the way it's going to be. But when they do throw the football, I like how these two guys can complement each other out there. And so I think I think Tennessee is going to be okay. So what scares me about Robert Woods is – so I agree that I don't think Traylon Burks is going to show up day one and, and play like the number one wide receiver. I think it's going to be early on in the season. Uh, the majority of the targets will go to Woods. One, I don't think he's going to have the same ceiling he had in in L.A. just because, like I said, the amount of opportunities aren't going to be there. Um, and also, I think down the stretch, when we're looking for these guys that, you know, be clutch for us in the playoffs, that's the part that I think they may, they, depending on how their season's been going, that's when they might look a little bit more towards Burks as he's settled in to see what they had in him. That So that's more so what worries me about Woods is that is he going to be the same at the end of the season as he was at the beginning of the season? And, you know, you mentioned healthy. He tends to get hurt somewhere around the end of the season anyways. But um, that's that's my main concern with Woods is that I just don't think his ceiling is going to be the same we've seen. I think he'll be consistent uh, like normal. I just don't think he'll have the, the top end season he's had. What what do, what do you think, Chase? Yeah, I, he, he's not going to have the volume you know, of targets that he had in, in L.A. Even, even with 36 receivers on the team in L.A., they were throwing <laughs> the ball and their running backs were always hurt. Um Coming to Tennessee, you know, I don't think Tannehill is that big a downgrade in terms of a passer. Uh, he, he's, you know, he's mobile. He's not a statue in the pocket necessarily. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
I think that you know coming to Tennessee, like you said, we thought, oh great, he could be like a big a big number one, number two guy. He's not going to see the volume, but mm -hmm. early in the year he is still the top dog. Unless Traylon Burks is somehow Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson two three point oh, uh, he's going to take some time to ramp up. It's going to yeah. take some time for him to get used to the game. It's that's just and that's whether he's a receiver or a right guard or whatever else. It's the NFL. It's a step up. Um, now we might be changing our tune come week 13, 14, but it, but early in the year, Woods is the guy coming off the injury. Sounds like he's going to be ready for the beginning of the year. Uh, but you know, let, let's not forget too, though. They, they signed Austin Hooper. Yes. They brought Austin Hooper in and that is an upgrade. <laughs> over what they started on Austin Hooper. I'm not even going to go there with far as he's I'm a, not buying he's an, up, he's an upgrade over. He's an upgrade over Ferkser. I think he's a better mm -hmm. receiver than Swaim, and that's a team that likes to use that traditionally has liked to use the mm -hmm. tight end. So uh, I just I don't think Hooper was in the right spot in Cleveland. I don't think they used him right. He Correct. was good when they used him the right way. He's one of those guys that has to be in the right situation. Uh, he's his he does not have the natural talent to just rise above whatever situation he's in. But he's an upgrade at tight end and a, on a team that likes to use the tight end. Burks is not going to come in and have a giant target share right away. I don't think they might try, but I think, I think Woods is still Woods ceiling is probably mid low wide receiver two now, as opposed to being on the cusp of giving you, you know, yeah. giving you that one value like you could in, in LA uh, Burks. I'm not taking, I'm not taking Burks as more than a three or four to start the year at the most. And that's his, you know, year one, that's probably a ceiling. Yeah, he's someone you look to try to time a trade right in the middle of the season uh, to bring him in. Um, but you beat me to it because I actually I was going to touch on that. So I do want to hear why Kevin is not big on Austin Hooper because I agree with you, Chase. I I think he's going to turn into a great value late in your redraft drafts this year to where – I know this is dynasty, but I do think there's value for Hooper out there to to be uh, someone you can get on the cheap. And there's look, there's just a lack of targets in general – in, in Tennessee where they're going to have to throw to somebody and, and Hooper's going to be, I think more close to what he was in uh, Atlanta than Cleveland for sure. So I do like Hooper. Well, he, should see, he should see more targets in, in Tennessee than he ever did in Cleveland. Yes. Oh, he, I think so. Agreed. But Kevin, why are you still down on him? Well, what's, uh, what, what well, you, you know, you help, you know, you talk about how you get burned two times and uh, when he was in okay. Atlanta, he was okay, but he wasn't yeah. great. Right. Oh yeah, he was great. like your like your mid. I mean, it's the tight end, but he was probably like, what like a tight end five or six something like that. Okay, so then he, he goes started, to Cleveland, and I thought, yeah. okay, they didn't sign this guy to not include them in their offense. So mm -hmm. I said, okay, I'll try it two times, and <laughs> so we saw what happened last year, and so, uh, you know, he could certainly step in over there in Tennessee and be, you know, above average tight end. But it's just not going to be on my fantasy team. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> I, I'm looking at him as a, I'm looking at him as a, a tight end two for right now. I'm not looking at him as a starter in any any format necessarily. Um, but you know, I'm not going to blame Austin Hooper for Cleveland being Cleveland either. So, no. I, I, he's <laughs> just, and it, his his stats might improve just because of sheer volume rather than any kind of talent or fit or because he's you know great. But uh, he he'll be better. And like I said, that's a team that wants to give twenty percent of their targets to their tight end. He's gonna see. He's gonna see some volume there. They're not gonna throw as much as some other places will, but 
that's yeah. that will affect Burks and Woods somewhat. Nope, I agree. So we'll we'll see how it plays out for Hooper. I think he could be a sneaky you know starter come the end of the year uh, on in most formats. Uh, I think, but that I think all those moves keep Tannehill on that wide or that quarterback one two like yeah no man's land Kirk Cousin we're in between nine yeah well, you're gonna have you're gonna have a game where, he, where yeah yeah you'll have games where he's he's you're gonna love that you drafted him the value you did but then he's gonna have a game where he scores you like four or five points because it's just yeah. it's just how those quarterbacks go it'll be a uh, high risk high reward <laughs> daily play or something yeah but. Yeah, yeah, great for daily fantasy, exactly, because no one's going to be looking as well. Uh, all, all I can say is if, you know, you're in the fantasy draft with me and you're behind me and you're wanting to get him, you don't have to worry about me drafting him. So yeah. you can be pretty safe in your position that you're going to get him. Kevin loves, putting, Kevin loves putting his strategies out there for all his league mates. All you got to do is watch this show and you, you got Kevin. <laughs> you can predict everything Kevin does in the draft. <laughs> But so let's let's get to the other big uh, blockbuster trade that went down to where, look, the Arizona Cardinals offense is looking quite deadly. Um, you know, they bring in Marquise Brown. They already have DeAndre Hopkins. You know, they got Rondell Moore, who everyone has been so high on now for the last year. Um, you know, they they it's going to allow A.J. Green, the aging vet, to kind of slide into a every now and then I'm going to show up role. Uh, but with James Conner now being the guy there and then bringing in Trey McBride to to get Zach Ertz back to this two tight end system he was used to in Philly. Uh, to, does, I want to get your chase. Let's get your your take first here. What, what, how does Marquise Brown fit into this offense? What, what role do you think he plays? Well, I, I said in, in my article on the, on the NFC West right before the draft came out, I said, you know, they look like they're ready to give Rondale more. They want to give Rondale more, a little more work. Mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily all that impressed with what I saw from him last year. Now, granted, they had Christian Kirk there still, and I don't, I, I don't like what they were trying to do with everybody they had. D-Hop was hurt, so you can't get a really good read on on mm-hmm. whether or not the guy is is going to be good on one on one coverage. But I think with D-Hop, like you were saying before, big if, but if D-Hop can stay healthy, if Nook can stay healthy, I like Brown more on the outside for them and then keep more in that slot. Yeah. And they might – you can swap them out, interchange them. You can still use Brown in the slot. But when you do that, okay, put A.J. Green out there. A.J. Green showed he's not quite dead yet last year. And he still um, has the size to pick those balls across the middle. Like, he's still eight and a half feet tall. He's still competitive. He still has hands. Yep. Um, so if, if you want to use Brown in the slot, you've got Green that can still run on the outside. But if you want to put Brown on the outside, let him do what he does, blowing deep like that, you can use you can use that more that you drafted last year to use as your slot guy. He can stay in the slot. Um, I think it's I think it's nice for Kyler Murray. I think it's a little bit you know. It, it's, it can only help him. He's still yeah. obviously an elite top eight with top four, three or upside. But um, that, yeah, you're right. With James Conner coming off the year that he did and now not having mm-hmm. the uh, the Chase Edmonds shadow, uh, they're looking they're looking good. They could be yeah. really they could be a high powered offense even more than they than they have been. I think Nook uh, staying healthy is going to be a big big key for them. though. Well, and they brought in two offensive guards late in the draft who look to be, you know, strong, big, physical guys who are going to be able to move across to to kind of work with the the way Kalamari moves in the pocket. So I liked those two late picks for them um, at guard this year. 
Um, and you know what I loved about this trade too is that how and, and Marquise Brown touched on this on I think it was on Twitter, or Instagram, whatever, or in some sort of interview. He said how how proud he was that they kept this in house and no one knows coming and how he he requested the trade, but it didn't become this whole media push. And I absolutely I gained so much respect one for the Ravens organization for not using that against him and two for him as well. Like it just shows how much like a, a classy and um, like just kind of wise thinker he is. So I gained a lot of respect from Marquise Brown for the way this all went down. Um, how do you feel about it all, Kevin? Well, when I was looking into uh, Marquise Brown, I was I didn't realize that he had as many catches as he did last year. Yeah. And considering that, uh, you know, they had quarterback problems over there in Baltimore with the injuries and everything else, uh, that's going to – he had over 90 catches. And so him sliding over there in Arizona – and, and we go with if again, Hopkins is healthy, then you've got two quality wideouts. And I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm glad I don't have any shares of Rondell Moore, even though, you know, I, I like him as a player, mm-hmm. but his opportunities are going to have to come down. And Green, he's a great veteran. He's a guy that uh, people want to have on their team because he knows how to play the position. But his fantasy relevance, I don't see it. And so Murray, I you know, because he was very unhappy during this offseason. You know, he scrubbed his, you know, social media and everything else. Well, he better get engaged. He better get engaged right now. They've got the offense. They've got the players. They've got the running back. they got the tight ends. And so I'm not going to listen to any excuses out of Murray if he doesn't put it together a top five quarterback finish this year right i i think yeah. that i think the moves they made it looks like i mean i think that keeps murray in arizona i, I there's just there's too much there for him for him to leave and go anywhere he's not going to find a better situation somewhere else right now um i agree with you that yeah aj green probably falls off the fantasy radar for the most part yeah i think if hopkins or brown is hurt he might be relevant in terms of a four, maybe a three type, but he's not ever uh, going to be a weekly starter again. No, and I'm not, and I agree with you too. I'm not, I'm not taking Rondale Moore in anywhere I can. Rondale Moore is one of those guys that, in the grand scheme of humanity, he's really good at football. And <laughs> I want him on my team if I'm coaching or drafting a real team. But when I'm drafting on my cell phone app, I, I don't want any part of him <laughs> because he's just not going to do it right. Yeah. yeah. No, I feel that for sure. And then on the other side, we have the Ravens, who obviously they, this was oh beyond just a, a value play for them. They had the Brown wasn't happy, and they made it work. But if I'm if I'm looking at this all correctly, Rashad Bateman is their only receiver on, on the roster right now, literally. and they did they not even draft. They did not address. The yeah, they did not address receiver. They drafted the draft like seventy eight tight ends. Now explain that to me. Yeah, so they they're going back to the whole. You know the tight, the, yeah, because they drafted back-to-back tight ends, which I I saw that and said we're going back to a few years ago when they just ran three tight end sets out there, and you never know knew which one was going to catch the ball. Um, so it's going to be a nightmare from the tight end position. I feel like if these guys shape up now, obviously to start the season, Mark Andrews is still your guy, and he should be. Uh, He's got, he, he was my number one fantasy tight end. Maybe that's not the case anymore. No. It, it's going to call into question when we see how these guys look in the preseason and, and how they you know, how they're going to try to use them, maybe. It's going to definitely call into question. But at the same time, there's still no one else to throw to. Uh, so this is – I'm curious to see. Something's going to uh, – another shoe's going to drop here. they got to be finding somebody at receiver, unless they're just going to take a bunch of guys off the, the undrafted trash heap and 
Um, so see what happens. They do I mean, not look, have a they do not have a good cap space situation right now. They're they not going to be able to go out and sign. They're not going to go be out and be able to sign Landry and Julio Jones and everybody else that might still be on the market because they have no money to throw at anybody unless they let go of somebody or redo a bunch of contracts New Orleans style in a hurry. <laughs> um, and yeah, and I was just shocked they didn't draft anybody in a deep wide yeah. receiver draft where there was value still coming off the board in a fourth round fifth round there's a value that dropped some guys dropped that i was starting to wonder why like what's going on here why why is sky more still available there's so many teams that passed on him that i thought would have been a great fit that needed it like there was guys out there and then even like i said earlier when you got down to your calvin austin's and your shakir's down there like then sure they weren't as good as some of the guys at the top but they're still got some skills that I think would have fit the Ravens offense and the way that they can separate from coverage and are quick and, you know, they're not your deep guys, but I think obviously with Brown going out the door, their offense is going to get away from that deep ball. They're going to obviously run more with the the whole Lamar Jackson, probably some option plays. And, you know, it's going to be a lot of short intermediate stuff. I feel. Well, getting, getting every running back that they ever signed <laughs> blew his knee out last year back healthy will help them. Uh, Lamar Jackson, being a mobile quarterback like he is, he, you're you're always relying you're relying on his legs for for your points on your fantasy team. Anyway, I think he still yep. maintains his top ten ability there. But they got to get him somebody to throw to. Mark Andrews is great. I still think he's he is draftable as a as as maybe the top overall or top two wide receiver just based on his skill level and the fact that they don't have anybody to throw to. <coughs> Bateman looked good in spurts and stretches last year, but he. Couldn't stay healthy all year. And I, you know, like you said, somebody like Sky Moore would have looked real nice taking over for uh, Brown. They had a great yeah. draft if you isolate the fact that they literally have no one in the receiver room. Exactly. I liked their draft otherwise. But what's like, what's going to be easy now for defenses is defenses are going, to, are going to be able to drop in that linebacker or that safety to help, you know, double up Andrews now. So Andrews is going to have a lot more contested situations now. Right. Um, and then even more so, you can even say they can still drop a, a linebacker to spy on Jackson or a safety to spy on Jackson. Like without any other threats, then obviously they're going to have bodies out there. But right. at this point, who, <laughs> they're going to be, a, be a body out there. Yeah, defenses are going to be able to single up on these other guys most likely to where there's going to be that extra safety or linebacker that's going to be able to contain and hold the edge. So this is really could affect Jackson in a lot of ways. I, I think defenses, at least the way it's shaping up now, are going to be able to to really hone in on, on stopping them. Um, Ke- I don't, I mean, I don't Kevin, see anybody rolling any coverage over to, to, to cover Rashad Bateman. That's for sure. No, so. no, that's the thing. Like I said, he flashed some talent, but he is not going to be drawing everybody's attention. No. He doesn't have he had to. Draw 40, he had 40 some catches last year. You're not double covering somebody that had 40 catches. I'm sorry. Even if he's their number one guy, no. He's, uh, yeah. yeah. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Switching and saving with GEICO is easy, so you're free to ponder life's big questions. Like if a person can get discombobulated, does that mean the rest of the time they're just like 
combobulated? Are we humans always in a state of combobulation? Until, of course, something dramatic happens and we are discombobulated for a while. Then we go back to being combobulated. Yeah, that's probably how that works. Switch and save with Geico. It's easier than you think. Being their only guy, if if they get somebody in there to compliment him, he's maybe a four or a three right now. I mean, well, obviously his catches are going to go up, but that doesn't have to. Yeah, yeah, but uh, they just run. The I don't, I don't see him going up to ninety-two. No, no, I don't see that either. You know, and everyone's so high on him now, which is another case of those where they're just looking at the immediate reaction of, well, he's the only guy. We're going to draft him as a number two now. Like no no you're gonna you're gonna be sorry if he's your wide receiver too on your dynasty on your redraft whatever no style league you play you're you're having a rough year. I'm yeah. not reeling on him in a dynasty format. I'm gonna hang on to him because he is a number one guy right now. Yeah, well, uh, if you already have, have, him, you have him. You can't. You, you got to no. You yeah. but but if somebody wants to go crazy and overpay for him, sure. You, I'm not. Oh, I'm, yeah. not gonna, I'm not gonna lose sleep or cry over it. No. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right Post now. your phone number out on social media. Yeah. Call me. We can deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely someone where if I have, he's worth he's he's worth seeing how this year goes for him because he did have awesome. a lot of hype coming in. But yeah, I'm not I'm not going out shopping for him right now. Yeah, but redraft and daily, he, he's he's invisible right now. He at least on yes. my draft board to you know borrow Kevin's attitude. <laughs> no, I, I def I definitely agree. But you know what? There are gonna be people out there that are gonna overreact and try to buy yeah. him at ridiculous prices. So find a Ravens fan in your league and, and that's right. Him. Find him. Do it. <laughs> exactly. All right. So we're going to take a quick break here. We got a, we're going to do a, an ad break here for Manscaped. Mr. Dan Mater is always taking care of our balls. Is going <laughs> to jump in here and say a few words. And then we'll be back right after to break down uh, some of the bigger picks and, and more surprising picks of the draft in general. So stick around. We'll be back shortly. Fellas, have you started your spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning, the drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing. Spring has sprung, and the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the best tools for cleaning aisle five in your pants. Time to clear out your winter bush and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Manscaped has the full package you need for spring cleaning this year. The Performance Package 4.0 is is the only tool you'll need to keep your boys looking and smelling like the fresh tulips your partner wants. To start off your spring cleaning, use the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 to get the most precise shave on your hedges. Did we mention it's waterproof? No need to worry about watering your grass with this tool equipped with an LED light so you'll know it'll be a major asset to the new shower routine. Clear your holes and smell the spring air with the Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provided proprietary skin-safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. After clearing your nose, make sure you get rid of that foul ball smell with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. Finish off your grooming routine with the Plow 2.0, the perfect razor for the finest shave on your face. Because if you're using the Lawnmower 4.0 on your balls and your face, you're doing it wrong, boys. Get 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. <laughs> I'm glad Dan got to read that promo and it wasn't me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yay. 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 Yay to Dan. 
Good work, Dan. That's right. He brings on the power with that. Yeah, Manscaped oh. is a very close partner of ours, so we do. We appreciate, yes, right. appreciate it. Thank them for that. So let's dive into now the draft. Um, let's and, please do. And let's uh, the way I kind of want to attack this is let's kind of go through uh, by rounds. You know, obviously the guys that are actually going to affect us. You know, we can obviously a ton of linemen, a ton of defensive ends and stuff went off the board. But for the sake of the dynasty fantasy football, let's try to touch on the actual you know the offensive guys, the skill players. So. Um, talk about some, some surprises, some, some things we liked, some things we didn't like. Um, and I'm going to kick us off here and, and go with how Drake London to the Falcons just made a lot of sense to me. I liked what they did there. Um, I, I think it's they're starting to move their offense into the future here and, and kind of forgetting about you know what they had with Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, and all that. And um, Drake London seems to be like he's in a good spot here to, to take on that next step. Uh, Kevin, how did you see Drake London fitting in there in Atlanta? Well, I uh, I didn't have Drake London as my top wide receiver on my board. I had Garrett Wilson, mm-hmm. but I don't. But Drake Wilson, or Drake is an outstanding wide receiver, and uh, only question is, is Marcus Mariota have the capability of getting him the ball like he would have if he had gone somewhere else, and so. We're going to find that out pretty early on, I think. And uh, so, but at least now he's got an excellent wide receiver. He's got a tight end that's no longer in his first year. And so he's going into his second year. And I think he zooms up the board for me as far as tight ends are concerned. And uh, I, I, I like the pick. Uh, you know, like I said, I would have went with Wilson myself, but I don't hate it. I like it. <laughs> And I think it's going to work out really well for Atlanta, even if Marcus Mardiola isn't the long-term answer. I don't think anybody thinks that. No, I, th- I think he's 100%. Everyone has agreed that he's uh, just the bridge guy. And now we know, I mean, this is, I know this is later in the draft, but we're talking about the Falcons, so we'll, we'll just touch on this. We know who that supposed next guy is in Desmond Ritter, uh, which was a bit of a shock considering who was still available at quarterback when they took him. But they must uh, – I think one of the main things I saw in this draft, and I, and I said it on Twitter, is that it's long gone are the days now of teams drafting just based on value and, and who's still there. Look, we saw N'Kobe Dean just drop and drop and drop. And that's something that when we were live on the show, just kept saying from just about every team that popped up who was in need of a linebacker, we said, well, this feels like a place Dean's going to go. And I think what we're seeing now is teams are – they have their guys, they they have their boards, they're sticking to their boards, and they don't care when they take them or when people think they it's smart to take them. They're taking their guys when they want their guys, and that's the bottom line. And Atlanta obviously saw something in Ritter. So how do you see the future here, Chase, of Drake London and, and Ritter shaping up? Well, I agree. They needed they needed receiver help um, before the draft. They had they, before the draft. They had one of the worst receiver rooms in the in the league. Even if Calvin Ridley wasn't an idiot, um, and you know, so there was definitely a need there for for a wide receiver and for a top guy. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a great situation for Drake London to have success right away. Even though he'll be the guy, I think Kyle Pitts, you know, being there will help some, but when there's literally no one else in the receiver room uh, that's any good, that's going to, that's, I don't, I don't see anybody drawing any, any coverage there. I don't think London's in a real great position this year, at least to, to be able to make much yeah. of an impact. Yeah. He's um, more of a future but, for sure. Yeah. Definitely more of a future guy. 
is that future with Desmond Ritter? We know it's not with Marcus Mariota. He's a he's a complete he's a definition of a stopgap guy at this point in his career. Um, but Desmond Ritter, you know, taking a guy outside of the first round for quarterbacks is is a bigger crapshoot than taking a guy in the first round. They don't ever, you know, they very rarely do you find a guy who is the guy outside the first round of the quarterback position. There's a yep. reason that there was only one quarterback taken in this year's draft in the first round. There's a reason nobody else went until hours and hours and hours later. Um, I, I don't see it as good of a position as, as say, I like uh, Wilson landing with the jets. I honestly think he's in a better yep. position, a much better position. I there, don't disagree. Atlanta that. didn't do anything to, to solve their offensive line problems. Exactly. I was going to touch on, that. on Mariota to stay, to stay healthy and stay upright. <clears throat> Because if Ritter has to play this year, you're definitely not getting much out of that passing game. Cordero Patterson was a great story last year, a fun weapon. Um, but he tailed off last third of the year or so. Um, mm -hmm. I just I don't see enough offensive firepower around him to, for, for London to be real uh, successful early on. And I'm not quite sure what I see about the future there right now with, with how they've set their team up. I, th I think he's got potential to be a great receiver in the league, but he needs the situation around him to improve now. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. It'll, it's still, there's very still a lot on whether Atlanta is the right fit for him for sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was going to touch on the offensive line. So they, they drafted one guard in, in the sixth round who look, looks like it was a, a good pick for them. Someone, you know, Georgia guy who looks like he's got the skills to make it, but but his weakest thing is pass protection right now. Then they didn't address <laughs> They didn't draft a single offensive tackle. So, it's not – yeah, they, this is definitely not the – I think they, they made it clear that this is – they're going to stick with Marcus Mariota this year because they didn't do anything to help Marcus Mariota's situation. And more, more importantly, they didn't do anything that's going, that would be helping a rookie quarterback. No. And, and no, so no. That, that didn't happen. No. But, no. Uh, but how do you feel, Kevin, here? You know, I just don't get when teams have an obvious need as Atlanta does, and they don't address it. Yep. I understand about, oh, you know, we got to take the best player available. I, I, you know, that's the age old argument that's been going on since about 10 minutes after they put on the first cleats. Mm -hmm. And so, but if you have an obvious need like they do and don't do anything, you're not helping your team. You're not helping your players. You're, you know, Marcus Mariota hasn't played. What in what two years now, and um, so he's rusty. So he needs to be able to stay upright, and and so the whole situation, like you know, Drake love him, but this year, maybe if you're in a dynasty league and you're not in a position to win a championship right away, yeah. maybe that's a direction you might want to go in and take him, so that he can help you down the road. Yeah, a little bit. Agreed. But he, but even yeah, like like you just said, even when you're looking at him in a dynasty league, he's a guy that I wouldn't necessarily mind having for the future. But yeah, landing in really. Atlanta really drops his draft stock in terms of where I'm looking at him in a rookie draft. Um, you know, if Calvin Ridley ever gets to come back and you get to pair the two of them up, yeah. And if Mariota plays really well, you know, in the for the next year or two, where however long he's there, if Ritter develops, maybe we maybe we've got something there. But honestly, unfortunately, I feel like his talent landed him in a purgatory 
mm-hmm. to be able to use that talent and actually <clears throat> fully blossom, uh, especially from a, from a fantasy standpoint. And we've seen guys, you can be a fantasy star on a bad team. Yeah. But it's going to be rough uh, there with how they, with what they're, and again, we're talking about a team that has a terrible, terrible cap situation. They're yep. not going to be able to go out and bring new guys in at this point. It was draft or, or free or undrafted free agent guys for, for them. And that's what they're going to be going with. Yep. No, it's, it's definitely a reset. Clearly a reset year for, for them, for sure. Um, and I've now just decided, I think a better way to go through this is let's just go team by team. Since we started with the A's anyways, I think it's just going to be cleaner that way. Uh, so somewhat a team that I thought, may have had the best draft, which is unfortunate as a Patriots fan. <laughs> Buffalo Bills came in and I thought I thought just made a lot of smart plays. They filled holes they need and then the other picks they made, they they boosted some of their positions, uh bringing in guys like James Cook to to finally hopefully take over that running back situation for them and, and complement um kind of what Singletary and Zach Moss uh kind of strengths are at this point in their careers uh and then they go out and get khalil shakir which was a a a receiver that was later in the draft that i think has a lot of skills that came out same thing compliment your digs and and compliment what else else they got there and be an option for alan pretty early on in in the season so um and then they go out and get some cornerback like it just seems like they did everything smartly every time buffalo bills had a pick i don't think once i went Huh, like I wonder why they did that, or like, oh, that's a, like I just think they nailed it and, and they did it kind of quietly. So, uh, Kevin, how do you feel about the Bills going forward now? I mean, they had to make moves to contest with how this AFC is just absolutely stacked now. Like, how do you think they're positioned? Yeah, especially, you know, in the AFC West, if you're going to compete with that, you need to make some moves. And I like the moves that they made. You mentioned Cook. And if he's even, I'll say, three fourths of what his brother is, mm-hmm. then that is a home run pick. Yeah. And so, and I don't believe that, you know, he hasn't played in the NFL, obviously, but I don't believe that there's the same injury concern with him as Dalvin Cook does have. And so if he can step on the field and, 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 and deliver anywhere close to his brother, that is a home run pick for Buffalo. No question. Yeah, they definitely needed to, they definitely needed something to, to clarify that running back situation, that backfield. Zach Moss just has not developed the way they no. needed him to and wanted nope. him to. Singletary is a nice player and, again, a good football player in the grand scheme of humanity. But, again, he hasn't been able to put it all <laughs> together either. You would think those two guys would have complemented each other really well based on their builds and based on what they can do. But they just have not been able to do it. And so going out and getting a running back high like that, and like you just said, I mean, with the bloodline the guy got, apparently, you know, apparently there's some talent in that family and in those genes. I think, you know, if he can come in and solidify that spot. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Oh, what a dangerous offense this could be. I mean, it's dangerous already. If they actually have a viable running attack that, that, that could be a strength, if not for Josh Allen and the receivers, you're, yeah, the Bills might be on top there for a while. 
Yeah, and I think with the wide receiver position, so you know, I mentioned how I like Shakir and liked how he could, what he can do. Even if it does turn out to be a situation to where he he develops behind, you know, because their wide receiver room is pretty pretty deep and pretty stacked. So uh, if he if it does turn more into a situation where he develops, if they keep all these receivers, um, he's got some good guys to develop behind that are just in their primes, are similar to how he plays in your Emmanuel Sanders and your Jamison Crowder. Uh, Crowder, so, was an un- Crowder was an underrated pickup for them. Yes, it was. He's so a solid receiver, and with a guy like Josh Allen throwing to him, Crowder was an underrated pickup for them. I don't necessarily know if I'm jumping on him in fantasy as much as you know some other guys might, but yeah. in in the scheme of that offense, he was a good pickup for them. Yeah, from the scheme of a real football team, he create he solidifies a more consistent option in that second level for for Josh Allen. You know, they have digs who can go all over the place, in short, intermediate, deep, but uh, you know, and Gabriel Davis isn't a bad guy, but he was more of a yeah. deep threat. And Isaiah McKenzie has some few games where he kind of filled that intermediate role. But I think Jameson Crowder is now going to be that consistent guy that is going to be able to spread the field and open up some pockets for Allen a bit more, which, um, man, he's got more throwing room. To, to, it's just going to make him that more dangerous. So I think that I do think the Bills overall just did what they needed to do to keep pace with some of these other AFC teams so they don't fall and kind of squander this opportunity that they've been looking for. For so long, their hands down, AFC East is theirs. I mean, there's no. Well, they have to. Uh, they have to improve simply because they got rid of uh, the anti uh, uh, inoculation guy, don't they? <laughs> Beasley, yeah, Beasley's out of there. But yeah, Cole I, Beasley's gone. Crowder's one of those guys that every year you don't think much about him, you don't think much about him, and then you look at the end of the year rankings, and he was somehow a top twenty-five, top thirty guy. Yeah, and with, with Josh Allen throwing to him, like. That's going to be good. Plus, they brought in Howard. They brought in O.J. Howard. So now if Dawson Knox goes down again, they don't lose that dynamic of their offense completely. Um, they brought in Roger Saffold at guard to, to help, you know, shore up their offensive line. And then they drafted the punt god, Matt Reason. So, I mean, <laughs> what's not to like with them? Yeah, no, I definitely like what they did. And it's another team I want to touch on here because it was a big move. There was a lot of talk about the Carolina Panthers coming into the, around this draft between the Baker Mayfield talk and, um, and and that didn't end up playing out. But, you know, they drafted Matt Corral at the, at the end of the third round. Um, do you guys feel that Corral is is the guy that they need to to kind of take over this team for the next few years and, and be a stable uh, starter? Like It's hard to say that, in my opinion, about any of the quarterbacks that were in this draft really um, confidently, but uh, does the situation help Corral hit that point? And I think uh, they went out and got an offensive tackle who um, was a, a, a nice – who's kind of known for being a nice, strong run blocker. So I think they're trying to preserve uh, um, Christian McCaffrey in that way too. But I'd say their main pick was how do you guys feel about Matt Corral in Carolina? Kevin, you can hit us with that first. All right. Well, well if you're even thinking about you know getting him on the field, first of all, they got the offensive tackle that they needed to have, and and I really liked that selection a lot. They resisted picking up a quarterback in the first round, and uh, Matt Rule, I figured that's the way he was going to go. His job is on the line, and trying to win with a first-round failed quarterback will not get you, you know, so that you can, you know, not have to have a sign-out, we'll, we'll work for food. So I like what they did there, and so I'm not prepared to say Matt Corral is going to – I like him. I like him a lot. I would have – I thought maybe the Seahawks might look at him since they didn't go in the second round. 
for a quarterback. And um, he plays for a team that throws a football all over the place. So I think that he has a chance to succeed there. But just 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 hold your horses until we actually see it. Yep. How do you feel yeah, tonight? I don't know. I don't know if I like Corral there as much as I might have liked Howell there, to be honest with you, Sam Howell. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see that. I mean, it was it was uh it was it, I mean, besides the PR move of you know being a guy from the Carolinas, uh, but you know, Howell's got a little bit better deep ball, I think, than Corral does. Corral's nice over the you know in the short and intermediate game, but with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, you know, you want to run them all over the place, I think. And I, you know, I think Howell would have been would have been a nice add there in terms of his readiness to play in the league and the kind of offense he came from and being able to to drop the deep ball in there like that. Um, I think he probably would have been a better fit, but Corral was a higher ranked quarterback on draft boards, and like you said, they had to try something mm-hmm. when they didn't go out and make a trade for Mayfield or anybody else. Um, you yeah, when your job is on the line as as theirs are in Carolina. I don't know if you want to go into this season. Yeah. Counting on, on Sam Darnold. I just don't. <laughs> and he had a great start to the year last year and it looked like a good feel good story for about four weeks. Yeah. And then the rails, you know, the rails fell off. So I don't know. I, of course their, their top option is to make sure that Christian McCaffrey stays upright. So, yeah, so I think that that taking that offensive lineman in the first round definitely was the way to go. Yeah, CMC better be sacrificing buckets of chicken in his locker and everything else. I love the guy to death, but man, ten games in the last two years has has been a killer for. No, he's he's off my for everybody else. He's off my first round draft board. So, if he's still there and I have an opportunity to take him as my number two, as my number two guy, or if he's still there with in the top half of like say round two in a snake draft, that's when you take him. You had you can't not jump on him. Yeah. But now you've set yourself up for high risk, high reward. You better either you, you build the rest of your team on your first pick if you're going to do something like that. Yeah, you better you better structure the rest of your team accordingly. So we're yeah. we're rapidly running out of time, which I'm not surprised. We could talk about the draft for hours. Uh, so what I want to do is I want to touch on on your guys' teams here because I think they had some interesting draft decisions. Uh, specifically Green Bay, there, uh, Chase, with you. So <laughs> the, the receivers they brought in. Uh, I want to get your take because it felt like Christian Watson was a, a nice fill, uh, like replacement for your MVS and that Dobbs was more of the style of your uh, Devontae Adams. But are you are you happy with who they brought in for receivers as weapons for Aaron Rodgers? I am. <clears throat> I'm much happier right now than I was Friday morning. Okay. <laughs> um, Fair enough. Two. They've got two first-round picks. They've got a, a highly drafted backup quarterback that they don't need anymore, I mean, in in all honesty. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, I saw the run happening. Everybody started seeing the run happening. And I even put out on Twitter, I said, does anybody have a direct line to, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers' Fitbit? Because his blood pressure had to be I saw that. I didn't see But – <laughs> it, 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 when everything was said and done, they got two great picks. You can't go wrong picking Georgia's defense. Yep. And if they can, you know, really pump that defense up to be one of those feared Seattle types, Baltimore types that that we've seen in the past with Aaron Rodgers and whoever he's throwing to. But Christian Watson is the kind of receiver that I like. He's 
he's big, but he's fast. Yep. He's not he's not some big lumbering guy. He's not a he's not a tight end light. Uh, I'm not typically one that likes the smaller receivers. I just which is ironic because I'm five five. But I thought he looks like he'll fit what they want to do really well. I think he really does look like a possible number one type guy on the outside. Uh, Alan Lazard as your number one, which it was going to be. He's a good player. He's been a solid player for them. He's been a very big surprise for them. But they needed that guy who can be the true number one. And I think Watson fills that. Dobb, when they got him, when they picked him up, um, I found it interesting that they actually had him comped to Devontae Adams in terms mm -hmm. of his, his playing style and physicality and, and his size that way. And, you know, I, I'm a Packer fan. I was not a big Devontae Adams fan till about midway through his fourth season or so. He mm -hmm. dropped a lot of balls he his did. first two years. Christian Watson, there were some questions on his hands. He might drop a few balls this year, but he's also going to get a ton thrown his way, and he's got one of the best guys in the game to do it for him. Um, I liked what they came away with. I really did. I, I, waking up this morning, I'm, a, I'm much happier than I was Friday morning, but uh, I think overall they had a good draft top to bottom. And they brought in some linemen that I think will shore up that right side or allow them to shore up that right side. Um, picking Ryan out of out of UCLA, I think, will allow Elton Jenkins, who was an all, you know, a Pro Bowl guard to begin with. He can move out to the tackle position now, solidify that since they lost Billy Turner. And uh, I really think their line situation looks a lot stronger this morning than it did on, on Thursday as well. Um, they're going to they're gonna be able to run it right back. I mean, the division's theirs anyway, but they may have actually gotten better even – I mean, it's hard to say that you ever got better losing a guy like Devontae Adams, but the team itself, top to bottom on that roster, might be better. Well, I, I can't disagree with just about everything you said there. Real quick, I want to get – Kevin, I want to get your opinion on your Seattle Seahawks because well, they did not really yeah, well, attack the offense too much at all, and uh, – their second round was a bit questionable. We all thought they were going to go quarterback. Well, I think what it's what they didn't do is the best thing about this draft. They didn't reach for the quarterback in the first mm -hmm. round, which I thought they were going to do, but they addressed their offensive line. I thought that uh, Charles Cross was probably the second best offensive lineman in the draft. And they got him at number nine. So I was very pleased about that. Yeah. And then the second round came. I thought they were going to take a running back at some point. I didn't think mm -hmm. they were going to do it in the second round. And um, I think this pretty much just means Chris Carson days in Seattle are over. Yeah. And so, and they got another offensive lineman. All he has to do is just pack up his moving truck because you know, he was, he played for Washington state. So he just got to move over. And uh, so I like that pick a lot. And so if if Walker, I'm not going to – I don't know if he's going to be a starter there because – well, he's going to be at some point because Rashad Perry is going to get hurt at some point. <laughs> so out of those, I, I like what, what they did. I also like what they didn't do. That's the key to me. Yeah, don't disagree there either. The fact that they didn't reach for a quarterback um, – showed a lot of restraint and I to touch on the Abraham Lucas that offensive tackle Abraham I, I Lucas met, that's right I met in the third round there I messaged you in our slack yeah. chat I said I really like that pick he I think he fits exactly what they want to do on that offense in that running game and it, um, it, uh, 
It's interesting how they uh, address the offensive line when Russell Wilson hits the bricks. Yeah, right. so. <laughs> it's very interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. They don't they don't have the talent behind behind that line now to yeah to ignore the line anymore. And that, that, yeah, that's one of the frustrating as, as things. As I often said, Russell Wilson was the best maybe ever at his position of either getting down or getting out of bounds, and they don't have that anymore. Well, we're just yeah, couple, and yeah. For not wanting to be in a rebuild, yeah, they didn't do a whole lot to help Pete Carroll not have to be rebuilding this year. So I mean, I like their draft top to bottom, like you said. I like that they address they addressed that offensive line. I think they still need more on defense. They, if they want to get back to being the run and defense team that he's always had, they've they've got to they've got to step up a little bit more on the defensive side. But the offensive line changes they made will help. They'll get whatever Agreed. they can get out of Drew Locke. They'll yes. get the most yeah. out of them they can. Yeah, we need, yeah. you know, we need to have a prayer session for Drew Locke. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and then quickly here on our way out, because we just got about a minute left before uh, before we get to hop off here. And that's about all the New England Patriots, my team's draft is is worth a minute's <laughs> probably even too long. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we should. I've, I've never been more... made sure that you got to the front of the line because you know we would really like to see what you had to say. Maybe next, maybe next week because I probably still need some time to uh, to pick my words <laughs> correctly because it's. I think the the FCC might be coming in and shutting us down if I really gave my true opinion here. Um, and the people who are actually defending it to say the like of which I uh, ugh, whatever. But well, anyway, no worries. That's not coming from me. Just so you know. Thank you. But anyways, that's good. That's going to do it for our show today, guys. Uh, we're going to be back next week. Um, same time, 11 o'clock every Sunday uh, here on Tiki Live here on uh, Belly Ups Media. Um, we'll, uh, we're going to continue covering the draft and some landing spots for some of these players. Um, Kevin, real fast. We got like 30 seconds here. Where, where can you hit? Where can we find you? Check us out tonight. Fantasy Live Baseball Show, 8 p.m. Eastern. Perfect. And Chase, welcome to the show here. Where can people find you? Uh, check me out on Twitter at STTChaseFFB. Uh, and, you know, give me a read on the, on the website. I, I'm writing on fantasy, on belly up fantasy sports and picks. So Fantastic. Yeah, be on the lookout for a lot of uh, content coming out soon now that the fantasy season, in my opinion, has officially started. So That's thank correct. you for joining us, everyone. We'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. Everybody have a great... We're on a mission. 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 Bet Fred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Bet Fred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Home. They say it's where the heart is. They also say it's wherever you make it. They don't say it's where you unload your stuff, get tired halfway through unpacking, use some boxes as furniture, realize your oven mitts in a box that doubles as a nightstand, don't want to buy a new nightstand, and use a towel as an oven mitt instead. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than grabbing a piping hot pan with a towel that's a bit too thin and trying to quickly get it to the counter. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. 